What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Warning, this episode contains scenes that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. On April 22, 2023, it had been 29 years since the murder of Captain Coral. And for the past 29 years, Beto and his family have experienced severe consequences from the aftermath of this murder. Beto has grown obsessed with solving the mysteries around the case. But above all, Beto seeks truth and justice. Justice that is still pending 29 years later. To this day, no one has been prosecuted or sentenced for the murder of Captain Humberto Coral Caballero. This case has been shrouded in a fog. It is one among thousands that have ended up like this, wrapped in black boxes that the Colombian state refuses to open and thoroughly investigate. Thousands of lives were snuffed out prematurely while surviving relatives remained numb with grief. Knowing all these details and doing all this research on your own, how has it made you feel? How has your life changed after knowing these, these details around this process? Siento que perdí, perdí la batalla. Siento que, que va llegando ahora donde, donde mi papá me tiene que dejar descansar. I feel like I lost. I lost the battle. The time is coming and my dad has not let me rest. I have to admit that I lost. I don't feel good. I'm not a better person. Another victim of the armed conflict. A son of war who grew up without a father who had to learn things he shouldn't have had to experience at his age, and who has had to grow and mature while experiencing these difficult emotions. When they say that they forgive, who wants to forgive? 
si no tengo a quien perdonar. They tell me to forgive regardless of who it is, but there's no one to forgive. I can't forgive the system, but there's no actual person to forgive. Because even though I'm certain that Major Aguilar was behind the death of my father and other policemen, they don't need my forgiveness. Their lives went on. I don't believe that this has added anything to my life. I'm just someone who carries a defeat on my shoulders, nothing more. A defeat that thousands of victims of this conflict carry both inside and outside of Colombia. Tal vez me hizo convertir en una persona que que duda de todo. Perhaps it made me become a person who doubts everything and knows what power means in Colombia. It made me become a person who detests war, who detests the war on drugs, who detests drug trafficking, who detests government inaction, who detests injustices. Many people call me resentful, and maybe I am. But resentment is not a bad feeling. Resentment is what makes me feel, what makes many people fight. It's why our pain never goes away. The drive for justice never ceases. We always want justice. Resentment is a word we may associate with pessimistic and bitter feelings, but what Beto feels is different. Lo único malo del resentimiento es que está a un paso de la venganza. Pero pero no, yo no quiero vengarme. The only bad thing about resentment is that it's one step away from revenge. But no, I don't want revenge. I don't want to sit revenge. All I want is peace. All I want is for what happened to me to never happen to another child in Colombia. In the long run, it doesn't matter to me who killed him. As long as this never happens again, I'm happy. This is Transportista, who murdered Captain Coral. Episode 8, I Detest War. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Jean! Eugene Fodor! Jean, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and last hour on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. 
You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Beto asks that what happened to him never happens to another child in Colombia. Never Again is a slogan that functions almost like a mantra in any society that lives through armed conflict, such as in Latin America. Violence continues in millions of families who lived through the most challenging years of the conflict in Colombia. But some leaders strive for this to not be repeated. To understand the narrative of victims of violence, we spoke with Paula Jaramillo. But we were young. And when you're young, you want to leave. You want to go out. What the hell do you care about what your dad and mom tell you? Paula, but you could die. Well, mom, yes. If I die, then so be it, you know? We were kids, and that changed us. But I really had to live through all that. Paula Jaramillo is a journalist and social communicator. Today, she has a communication and content-creating consultancy. But as a teenager, she lived in fear simply being a normal resident of Medellín. She remembers the terror this caused in her family. Hi, Mom. I'm okay. Or, Hi, Dad. I'm okay. You had to call to say, I'm okay. We took turns with the phones wherever we were. As soon as a bomb went off, we called home on landline phones and said, hello, I'm okay. It is shocking how often these calls were made. Almost every day, parents' hearts stopped when they heard an explosion in the distance. And then silence. Until the relatives called on the phone. Medellín, where Captain Coral was assassinated, 
was similar to a war zone during the Pablo Escobar years. This picturesque city was transformed after the wave of violence unleashed by the drug lord. Victims as collectives, together with political and cultural leaders, have launched an initiative to remember and commemorate those who did not survive this period. In Medellin, my producer Diego Olivares and I got into Paulus's van. On the winding streets of the city, through its steep hills, Paula recalled what her teenage days were like amid the chaos. Mi papá tenía un gran restaurante acá. Lo llamaba. Primero porque era el sitio donde se reunían los políticos. My dad had a big restaurant here. He called him first because it was the place where politicians gathered. That is, presidents of the republic came here. This was the place where everyone arrived at a beautiful restaurant, an old French mansion, very elegant, very good food, a good bar, good music. It was super, super, super fantastic. It was like fantastic, really. And so let's say this was the meeting point. It was a place that at the same time was... Iconic. It was iconic. That's exactly the word to describe it. And there wasn't much else. It was, it was very cool. Her father's restaurant was called La Bella Época. It was frequented by celebrities from all over the world the Mexican singer Agustin Lara, the Colombian artist Fernando Botero, or the politician Alberto Santofimio. But being a popular place among politicians, the capo Pablo Escobar put it in his sights. And when the institutional forces started to confront Pablo Escobar against the mayors of the time, that's when the homicides and the murders began. But everything he started to do, the attacks, it was not only against politicians. One of those fronts was my father's restaurant. He threatened my dad that if he continued to receive so-and-so politician, he would blow up the restaurant. And my dad would pick up the phone and say, well, son of a bitch, come and blow it up. And he would hang up the phone. They bombed La Bella Época restaurant in September 1989. Paula's dad and the employees were saved as the bomb went off at 12.15 p.m. However, two people were injured and a French journalist, Bernadette Pardo Phillips, died. While Paula was driving quickly through Medellin, it was getting dark. Despite taking turns and going up and down, she knew the way perfectly. Paula parked her van just outside a quiet and immensely beautiful place well known in the city, the Inflexion Memorial Park. But this space wasn't always a park. During the violence of the drug terrorism era, there was a well-known apartment building there, the Monaco Building. The story that forever changed Medellin begins more or less like this. Pablo Escobar wanted to join an exclusive sports and social club, the Club Campestre. Escobar had more than enough money, but he was denied entry. 
In response to the rejection, he built an eight-story building for himself and his family in front of the Club Campestre, the Monaco building. The Escobars moved there in 1986. It had a collection of antique cars in the parking lot and an impressive art collection. But on January 13, 1988, his rivals from the Cali cartel detonated an 80-kilo bomb in the Monaco building. Pablo Escobar miraculously escaped, but three people died, and ten others were injured. His daughter lost hearing in one ear, which enraged his father. Escobar swore revenge. Thus began the worst years of violence in the city of Medellin. Bomb after bomb after bomb. An open war between the Cali and the Medellin cartels, with the population of civilians held hostage. Pablo Escobar finally fell in 1993. That story has already been told in this series. But for a while, the Monaco building remained. It was a rehabilitation clinic, offices and a law firm, among other things. Entonces acá hay una discusión muy grande de quienes dicen que esa es la memoria y que la debemos conservar así y hay quienes como yo creemos que no. Una cosa es yo conservar donde murió la víctima o yo honrar una víctima y otra cosa es yo honrar a un victimario. There is a big debate here among those who say that it is to preserve memory and we must preserve it like this. And there are those like me who believe that one thing is to preserve where a victim died or to honor a victim. And another thing is to honor a perpetrator. Well, that is a debate that the city had for several years until suddenly no one talked about it again. And one day Federico Gutierrez, as a newly arrived mayor, said, I think we should demolish the Monaco building. And he called me and said, Paula, I want to tell you this story. The city was very upset about the number of tourists who started coming here because of the story of Pablo Escobar after watching Narcos on Netflix and after watching the story of El Patrón del Mal on Netflix. Two immensely popular television series that tell a fictionalized story of Pablo Escobar and his reign of terror in Medellín and the rest of Colombia. Many people who did not experience the conflict firsthand began to understand the story from a different point of view. No, o sea, el héroe Pablo Escobar. Pero la, la narrativa del guión era brutal. No, I mean, the hero Pablo Escobar. But in the narrative, the script was brutal. There was no victim, no story of pain. How many people died? So the mayor of Medellín at the time, Federico Gutierrez and Paula Jaramillo, devised a plan to commemorate the thousands of victims of this painful period in the history of Medellín. The Monaco building was demolished on February 22, 2019, 33 years after its construction. In its place, a 5,200 square meters park was built. This is more than half a soccer field. The space was transformed into a tribute of the victims of narco-terrorism in Colombia. Before the demolition of the building, then-President Iván Duque said, La historia no se va a escribir en función de los victimarios. History will not be written by the victimizers, but rather history is written recognizing the victims. 
no es un proyecto de derribar la memoria, al contrario. It's not a project to demolish memory. On the contrary, it is a symbol to raise memory. The project was community driven from the start. Neighborhood residents, artists and academics were called upon and they decided they wanted a park in this space. For the architecture and concept, eh, no, nosotros hicimos un concurso internacional. Se presentaron 124 empresas de arquitectura. We held an international competition. Young people from all over the world participated. We had a curatorial committee, a jury, well, a super serious thing. And these young university graduates won the project. They said that since they hadn't experienced it, they wanted to tell the story of a new generation And this is their proposal. Paula and I walked through the central part of the Inflexion Memorial Park. In the middle, there is a wall that rises. Imagine a pyramid-shaped structure, elongated, that rotates and runs through the park. We have this wall called the Inflexion that has 41,691 lights and 41,691 holes that represent the number of victims during those 10 years of drug trafficking. Wow. And those little lights, they should all be on. They're all 41,692 holes. And the idea is that people come, put flowers on it, and honor them. Later, I read that there are actually 46,612 holes, which surprised me even more. The holes that Paula describes are lit up with tiny lights that illuminate the park at night. Each represents a victim of the cruelest period of narco-terrorism in Colombia between 1983 and 1994. The number may be difficult to grasp, The wall measures 70 meters long, more than twice the length of a Boeing 737 airplane, and 5 meters high, a little less than a two-story building. It is all covered with tiny lights. It reminded me of outer space. A sky full of stars illuminates the night in Medellin. It has a text with large letters that says, We are what we leave to others. That phrase is not the only one. Throughout the park, you can read others. Son innegables la dureza y el dolor de cada muerte. The harshness and pain of each death are undeniable. Remembering those who are no longer here, in their memory, this place. On the other side, there is a timeline of the bombings in the city. Esto es, 3 de abril, bomba. 8 de abril. This is April 3rd, bomb. April 8th, bomb. April 14th, bomb. April 14th, bomb. I mean, are you getting it? Four bombs per month. April 18th, bomb. April 18th, bomb. April 18th, bomb. April 18th, four bombs on April 18th. Another bomb, another bomb. You say, how do we live here? It's very tough. So you go and see and remember May 25th, May 25th, May 25th, bomb, 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 bomb. May 25th, bomb. May 25th, bomb. It's the same day. I counted five bombs in one day in a single city. 
The local press records that in 1989, between September and December alone, the Medellin cartel was responsible for installing and detonating 100 bombs. The targets were supermarkets, banks, schools. As a consequence of the bombings, thousands of ordinary citizens died. But these bombs and shootings also killed dozens of public figures. Carlos Mauro Hoyos fue Procurador General de la Nación, asesinado a los 48 años el 25 de enero de 1988. So you pass by here and see. Carlos Mauro Hoyos was the Attorney General of the Nation, assassinated at 48 on January 25th, 1988. Now look at this one. This one fascinates me. My voice, my tremble, but never my morals. Enrique Murtra. He was the Minister of Justice. He was assassinated at the age of 52 in 1991. They were Luis Carlos Galán, Carlos Pizarro León Gómez, and Bernardo Jaramillo. Luis Carlos Galán was the favorite to win the 1990 presidential election. On August 18 of that year, three shots were fired at Galán at a public event. Several people have been accused of committing the attack. The assassination destroyed the hopes of millions of Colombians. Tenemos que todos, todos trabajar por la no repetición y nosotros tenemos unas generaciones perdidas y unas generaciones que tenemos que cuidar. El futuro de nuestros niños acá hay que cuidarlos inmensamente. We almost work towards non-repetition. We have lost generations and must take care of future generations. We have to take immense care of our children here. If you tell children through Netflix, but also through school and by coming here and by walking through school naturally and organically and, and find a statue, a work of art, we have to do it. We have a historical debt with the memory in this city, a historical debt, and generations have to understand that. So it's very important to have this space. At the Inflexion Memorial Park, there is also a small monument to remember other brave figures in this story. And I see there's a monument here for fallen police officers. Ellos, ellos lo hicieron. Ellos lo hicieron. Aquí había una cosa muy horrible que Pablo Escobar pagaba una recompensa. They, they did it. They did it. There was a very horrible thing here where Pablo Escobar paid a reward of two million pesos for each murdered police officer. He would send people to kill police officers and pay for them. It was terrifying. And although Captain Coral is not explicitly mentioned on the monument, Paula told me an anecdote about another police officer who is still remembered by many in Colombia. El coronel Valdemar Franklin, eh, que es una persona muy valiente en esta historia, él dice, él le dice a sus escoltas, no, ve, no vuelvan a trabajar. Coronel Valdemar Franklin, who is a very brave person in this story, he told his bodyguards, no, don't come back to work. He ordered them not to come back, and they said, no, Colonel, we have to protect you. And he said, no, I don't want any more police widows. He's going to kill me, and let him kill me alone. But they're going to end up killing me, and I'm going to give my life for this country, but not with you. 
I don't want any more police widows. And they killed him. That's a hero. I want kids to dress up as Coronel Franklin and not Pablo Escobar. That's my dream. Coronel Valdemar Franklin Quintero was shot to death on August 18, 1989. But we know he wasn't the only one. 550 police officers were killed on the streets of Medellín in the fight against Pablo Escobar. Some are remembered as heroes. Others, like Captain Humberto Coral, fell into anonymity and impunity, which Beto seeks to bring to light. We'll be back with more after a break. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
The memorial dedicated to the police officers who fell in Medellín is, according to project leader Paulo Jaramillo, essential to prevent history from repeating itself. Society must look in the mirror and confront this violent past and to understand why atrocities like these were allowed to happen. Beto Coral asks himself these questions almost daily. He has spent decades reflecting on the violence in his country and on the meaning of the life and death of his father. In one of our conversations, I asked him about it. Y dime algo, ¿cómo crees que este caso entra o cabe dentro del proceso de rescate de la memoria histórica de la violencia en Colombia? Uh, tell me something. How do you think this case fits into the process of rescuing the historical memory of violence in Colombia? What does your father's case reveal to us about the recent history of your country? Es lo inservible que ha sido la guerra contra el narcotráfico. Es el desprecio y el abandono estatal que han tenido las viudas y los huérfanos por parte de ese mismo estado. It's about the useless of the war on drugs. It's the state's contentment and abandonment of widows and orphans. It's the political use of police officers and their deaths to continue the same war. It's part of the police and state corruption that also contributes to the same war. It's about contributing a grain of sand within an immense sea of impunity. Impunity is not knowing what happened and why it happened. That's what my father brings. That's what my father's story brings. And do you think people care if this is a story about a dead police officer in Colombia? I don't think people care much. And I know that maybe nobody cares. But maybe one person does. And it's going to serve me to bury this. Yeah. Y, y dime algo. ¿Cuál es como tu gran eh, meta, tu goal, tu objetivo? En... Okay. And tell me something. What is your big goal, your objective around this father's case? When do you think you will be able to close that chapter and rest? I don't have much time left. I think it's almost over. Like I said, I already know who materially killed my father. That person. I don't know if their conscience is haunting them. I don't wish them harm. I wish them well. I think one of the things that never made me want revenge is that when something bad happens to you in your life and you ask yourself who, who did it, you're looking for revenge. But when you want justice and truth, you ask why? So those are the two differences between who and why. And I always asked why? Why? Why did they kill my father? More, more than knowing who. Clearly, when you find out why they killed your father, you also find out who did it. Many times, when you know who it is, you don't know why. That's why Beto has spent 29 years seeking truth and justice for another police officer who died and left a fractured family. Another hole in that huge wall full of stars that illuminate the night in the Inflexion Memorial Park in Medellín. One small step forward in a society that continues to heal from the ongoing armed conflict in Colombia. In the next episode of Transportista, 
Who Murdered Captain Coral, we will review the journey towards peace in Colombia. Que en Colombia se contará las verdades bien contadas, no las verdades convenientes. That in Colombia they would tell the truth, the whole truth, not just the truth that's convenient to the state, not the truth that's been covered up, but the full truth about everything. Acá tenemos unos eslabones perdidos en esa cadena y nos va a costar mucho tiempo porque pues, la construcción de memoria es voluntaria y espontánea. Here in Colombia, we have missing links in that chain and it will cost us a lot of time. Why? Because the construction of memory is voluntary and spontaneous and it depends on the will of many people and, above all, institutions. Transportista, Who Murdered Captain Coral, is a production of Exile Content Studio and Detective, in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network and is hosted by me, Álvaro Céspedes. Production by Diego Olivares Jiménez and Álvaro Céspedes, with the help of Sabine Jansen, Reynolds Gutiérrez, Ana Isabel Octavio and Verónica Hernández. Written by Álvaro Céspedes. Edited by Carmen Graterol. Fact-checking by Desiree Yepes. Adaptation to English by Magali Stransky. Executive producers are Carmen Graterol, Rose Reed, Isaac Lee, and Diego Enrique Osorno. Sound design by Hugo Mendoza and Gonzalo Messi. Original music by Sebastián León. Thanks to the voice actors who contributed in this episode. Beto Coral is Horacio Mancilla. Paula Jaramillo is Carmen Graterol. Daniel Batista oversees audio at Exile Content Studio. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Vances and Arlene Santana. Research by Meño Larios and Emma Friedland. Production supervision by Julio González. Created by Diego Enrique Osorno. For more podcasts, go to the iHeart Radio app or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.